Hello guys, welcome to the latest edition of the Sport and Life podcast. Appreciate you hitting on the button. It comes to you from my father-in-law's favourite house in Cheltenham, which he's uh, admired from afar for a long time. But it's Chris Coley's a living room right in the heart of Cheltenham. Beautiful autumn's day. Uh, very pleased to say we're also trying to unify local rivalry here with Cheltenham Town and Forest Green Football Club. Locked level on points in League Two at the moment. Big uh, rivals in Gloucestershire. Uh, but we've got two uh, Irish boys who are trying to mend that mend that divide today. We've got Kevin Dawson and his mate Sean Long. Uh, Sean of Cheltenham Town. Kevin of Forest Green. Gents, welcome. How are you doing? You all right, Sean? Pretty good. Thanks much. Good to be here. Yeah, good to see you. I saw you on the training ground last week. Yeah, I interviewed yeah. uh, Luke, but you're on, on the phone then. And Kev, you well? Yeah, well, very well, thanks. Yeah, looking forward to it, yeah. Brilliant. And alongside you is uh, Jen David, who lives next door to Chris, which is uh, fortuitous. And, and Jen, you're on the conversation as well, because you've been involved in, in helping people in Sierra Leone uh, and through football as well. And these boys boys helped you out. How are you? How are you today? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, nice to be here. And uh, yeah, these guys came to Sierra Leone last year with us. So uh, lots to tell you, I'm sure. Yeah, and it's great to be here, actually, because we're going to do it at my house, but it makes more sense, A, because it's a lot more uh, plush and, and spacious here, but B, uh, because this is where it all played out, wasn't it? Christmas Eve this past year. Uh, Kev, tell us about what, what happened, because you were visiting Chris with, uh, with Ray, Chris, of course, a local sporting philanthropist. There's a previous podcast with him that you listeners can, can check out, but you were here in, the, in this house Christmas Eve dropping presents off for you, and then, then the story unfolded. Yeah, pretty much. Um, obviously... I've known Chris through my time at Cheltenham for the last couple of years. Um, he got in touch and stuff. Um, obviously, he's very well known Cheltenham and um, he's a big, big, uh, big part of the yard at Fairglow Bryan's and stuff. So he he'd heard through the grapevine that I was interested in my horses and stuff. So he invited me up to the yard and the relationship just went from there. Really, obviously, um, we speak most days um, and stuff. And obviously, me and Sean were just coming around to pop off some some presents for Christmas, as you said. And <laughs> end up coming. What did in. you get him? Uh, <laughs> yeah, hamper. Yeah, hamper. Yeah, yeah. hamper. Yeah, so cider. Wow. So um, yeah, West Co- very West Country. Yeah. Yeah. So we just popped over and stuff, and then um, we we're just literally having a cup of tea, having a chat with Chris, and we ended up hearing the piano playing from next door, which obviously we'd never met Jen or someone before, and Chris, Chris basically texts Jen, saying, "Can you play some Christmas songs and stuff?" So um, eventually. A couple of texts went back and forward, and then Jen invited us around. So obviously, me and Sean went next door with Chris to, to have a cup of tea, which ended up being a beer or two. Yeah. To um have a little, just have a little general chat. No, no games coming day. up. You clarified that, didn't no you? No games, yeah, yeah. obviously. It's yeah, me, me, and Sean, me, and, me and Sean were uh, were um, injured at the time, so we just literally had a beer or two and stuff. Obviously, celebrating Christmas, and then um, as I said, met Jen and Simon for the first time, and sort of literally it just went from there. They just told us about all their involvement over in Sierra and stuff. I mean, Sean, I don't know whether to chew the drink or not, but decided <laughs> it'd be a, a, a great idea to, to go over and sort of help in any way we could and, and, and experience it as well for ourselves. Yeah, I'll get Sean's take in a second, Jen, but it must have been quite fortuitous for you to have two professional footballers suddenly rock up. Both guys have been represented, I know, by Republic of Ireland as well. So distinguished, distinguished guests to, to send out to, to Sierra Leone. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, our team over there is called Cheltenham Town. Um, it's, it's named after Cheltenham here because of some kit that went out years ago. Oh, nice. um, and so they, it was named after them as a sort of thank you for the kit. So they've always, always said in Sierra Leone they wanted some of the guys to go over and train them. So I thought, this is our opportunity. <laughs> we'll get these two where we can. They seem really keen. Um, and so we invited them and it snowballed from there. And what, what's your, your sort of previous involvement? How did, that, how did that come about and how inspiring has it been, the whole, the whole process for you? Well, I've been working there 11 years as a nurse. 
Um, wow. and that's what took me there originally. Um, I've got to know the community. Um, Simon and I are now chiefs within the village, so uh, yeah, we're, we're sort of... <laughs> are you? Yeah, they're our sort of second family. Do you get special um, like headgear and stuff? Yeah, yeah, we have to wear our headgear if uh, we're going to any official ceremonies oh, there. Awesome. Um, and we have to uh, sort any disputes there within our village. If we're, we're, we're over there, we get called upon. Do you? So, uh, yeah, like a magistrate have, court kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, kind of thing, yeah. So uh, to get these two to, to agree to come over was just amazing because that's what our players over there have always wanted, to be trained by two Charlton Town <laughs> players. So this is like a best Christmas present ever. Yeah, it's an awesome, awesome connection. And it's interesting just um, before we get to the, the football side of it, you talk about, because the podcast is called Sport and Life, and I'm interested in, you know, A, how sport informs life, but also general things and, and people's happiness and well-being. I was at the Cheltenham Wellbeing Festival recently, and they're talking about loneliness and, and lack of human connection now in, in the Western world. But you were saying before we having a tea in the in Chris's kitchen how happy people in Sierra Leone are despite some of the adversity they face from the elements there yeah absolutely I think their resilience is beyond what what you ever see here you know these guys just have the most tragic things happen and they bounce back mm. um, and they all pull together they're a real community spirit and and family they all look after each other you know the different generations live together um, <laughs> so there's a real sort of camaraderie there that you don't really see here more of a natural way of living you yeah, think. yeah absolutely and you know they're they're very welcoming to strangers and these guys went to strangers and left as part of the family i think you'd agree with that guys yeah, definitely. yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. well i'm sure you feel a bit, a bit of that as well i was talking to you about how every time i go to ireland and i coached a bit of football there when i was younger how friendly people are there but sean when um when the christmas beers wore off did you did you get a bit nervous because then what the, the the injections followed swiftly did they yeah as it got closer to it, obviously we we're getting a bit nervous and as you said we had about can't even remember how many injections <laughs> like but um Oh, obviously, you're going to be nervous going over there because it's something we haven't experienced before. And it's like I've never been to Africa or yeah. Sierra Leone, never mind that. So, um, yeah, there was a few nerves there. But once we got there, like we had Jen, Simon, then we had um, Dan and Johnny who were there also helping. So, um, no, they made us feel welcome, even all the people there, as Chen said, like they, they're always happy. They, they make you feel part of the family. So we, we settled in quite quick. Which was which was good for us. Amazing, and Cheltenham were happy for you to be there on the the off season as well. Yeah, yeah, that's it was and all it was, those jabs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was promoting the club as well because obviously the the team out there was called Cheltenham Town, so yeah, it was um, we're Cheltenham Town as well, so it made sense for us to go out there. But um, not the club had no problem with it. They were great. They helped us with a load of kit to bring out, and I think they trained with one football like before we went there. Really, we, we ended up bringing about twenty eight footballs for them. So. Brilliant. They were delighted. With it, yeah. <laughs> what were the sessions like, Kev? Was it was it boiling hot? What because it was what June our time. What was it? What's the season there? Is it is it their summer as well? Yeah, the weather was ridiculous. That was probably the hardest part for us. We, in our head, obviously planned sessions morning and afternoons and stuff, but it was literally that hot. Yeah. We'd like we had to bring the sessions early earlier morning and just do like a two and a half two and a half hour blitz like and that'd be it because the yeah. conditions were just too warm for them like to train although. Their stamina and fitness levels were ridiculous, but <laughs> it was more for us. We were yeah. still, we'd literally do a session in the morning, and then Jen and, and the rest of the gang would be like down helping. Like obviously, when stuff with the skill and stuff and that, we'd literally be like, we can't. Like, yeah. We were exhausted. Yeah. Like, we'd go and just sit in the shade for the next three hours, like and really? just sit like zombies. Yeah, but we done we done the best we could, you know. And we, we, like it's hard to explain, but like the conditions, like. Yeah, like the pitches were like rock hard with stones on them and stuff like. Bit more sun than Dublin. Like <laughs> yeah, it was literally. It's hard to explain without actually being there. Like, but to them, like that was 
their best pitch, like in the whole community. So wow. they, they'd walk for hours tirelessly trying to get as many stones off the pitch as they could. So they were like so proud to show us, like, oh, look at that pitch. This pitch we're going to be training on all week. And me and Sean sort of looked at each other and were like, <laughs> like Ed, it was rock solid with like bricks and stones on it. And they were over wow. the moon. They had, they had a bit lining out and they were just so proud to show us it. Like, so, and that was actually the best conditions they had. Like, so that was yeah. to show you how grateful they are, like, just to literally like be playing football. Like, it, it was incredible. Like, yeah, it's all relative, isn't it? I suppose you think about it. And you realize in Europe how lucky we are and how maybe, I know football is a global sport, but how easy it's been to play. We complain about getting cold in the winter, but we're lucky. I know even North America, they're talking about making the MLS more in line with everything else, but they so they can't really do it because of the snow in the, in the winter. But we're quite lucky in this country as much as we complain about the drizzle we can we can play all year yeah. round that's exactly it yeah we came back and like with us as footballers we'll complain saying the footballs aren't pumped up enough or the the pitches aren't lined out properly like and they're they're over there like with with no lines on the pit they have nothing like yeah what doesn't bother them they just get on and play football it's uh it was a it was a proper eye opener when we went over there like what well, an attitude you think that you kind of learn from yeah, it's yeah. I would say an attitude because they do have nothing, but it doesn't stop them from working hard every day. We showed up one morning, like we started at eight o'clock. Yeah. But they were like there a half seven during the session that we showed them the day previously, like yeah, which was like we showed up there and we couldn't believe it. Like you know what I mean? They're <laughs> they're practicing what we showed them. What what age group are they? Uh, I think they range from fourteen up to. 26 was it 27 yeah. oh, okay so it was a mixture of like loads of kids like yeah. but we sort of tried to do a session where we could get them all involved like it was tough like because yeah obviously we we were we thought we'd be coaching say 18 which is what we're normally with yeah but i think we ended up coaching 40 and they all loved it like we managed <laughs> to we managed to do quite well i think health and safety restrictions aren't quite as uh, restrictive as they are no, in the no. uk i guess yeah no, not over there but uh no everyone everyone loved it anyway we were delighted with it. We're playing full contact in the games out there on those pitches today as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like just jumping ahead a bit, but there was a, a big massive game for the for the end of the week. So obviously we, we trained them for a week, but all over the radio over there they were promoting and so saying like two professional footballers are over. So they got like an eleven from around around the country to yeah. come and play play against the team we'd we'd been um coaching and stuff. So anyway like like thousands showed up to watch it and stuff like so. Wow. We're like okay, like let's see how this goes. And when I say they were hell for leather, like so. Were you in a city? Was it a city where you were? Or? No, it's, no, it's like just a, a village, isn't it? Like it's just a, a village, yeah. like but um. They still got thousands to. Oh yeah, come. there was like literally just crowds and crowds coming in to watch the game and stuff like, and then the lads were literally smashing each other and like we were talking to, <laughs> to their coach after the game, the opposition coach, and he was like, these lads are all seen as like a trial game as well. So like they were like convinced yeah. like that because me and him were there they were coming like they were preparing as a trial so it was literally like a cup final for them yeah and when i'd say they were literally smashing each other on the concrete like it, it was mentally yeah. well i suppose the african cup of nations is a big high quality standard football now jen is it is it a big thing in in africa you think for, for kids to try and make it in football they see that as a, a way what you're saying it's a nice place to live anyway they're very happy but a way to to get more material riches yeah absolutely i think i think the football there is huge and there a lot of these young guys i mean there's 70 percent unemployment there so a lot of these young guys look to football as their their way out of the life they live yeah. and so their, their dream would be for somebody to bring them to england or wherever and and play professionally elsewhere 
So what did it what did it mean to them? Are these guys being there then? Was it something uh, that just, just uh, ripples? World, yeah, and 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 these guys, they, I mean, they love them to pieces. They were brilliant with them, and they're just every, every day because I have WhatsApp groups with my guys over there, and they're constantly saying, "When are you bring the next footballers? <laughs> you know, who do you think was the best player? You know, there's oh, a real, man. yeah, real, a real interest in in and how they were perceived. And how, do you think sport unite? I mean, it sounds like they're pretty united communities anyway with families and everything like that. But does sport give them something extra as well, do you feel? Because I'm always fascinated by what we love about sport, what it, what it does for people. It brings people together even, even more. Yeah, I, I think particularly that our guys, I mean, you, I think it was 42 in the end, these guys were training. Um, yeah, he lost two somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, these are, these are 42 young men. Some of them were at school, but not many. Most of these guys are unemployed. Yeah. So football is their life. You know, and to see football being the th- reason that they will get out of bed in the morning and, you know, go and train and be with their mates. Um, you know, as part of the team, they've been helping to clean the community. They've come to our school. We've got charity that runs a school. So they've been to the school. They've been helping to train some of our younger boys there. <laughs> so actually it's kind of snowballed. It's kind of that that sports thing, the health, mm. their well being. It's it's the whole picture, really. Yeah, it's a, it's amazing. Football as a as a lingua franca across the world is sport that that everyone seems to be involved in. You boys are from Ireland, where obviously you've got more diverse sporting landscape in lots of ways than than the UK in terms of the the Irish Gaelic sports and hurling and and, and the Irish football and stuff. But what do you think it is, Sean, about football in particular? Because I was thinking about this that I love all sports and love boxing and all that kind of stuff. But the thing about football is eleven aside football is great. But then you can play seven aside. You can play that organised. You can play five aside. But you can also just kick around with your mates, and it's it just works, doesn't it? Is that you think it translates better to all forms than maybe other other sports? I think so. Yeah, like you said, you can play seven aside. You can you can play as many side as you want. Yeah. And all you need is a football. Like I remember when I was smaller, it might be four or five was playing on on the front of your house with a football. You know yeah. what I mean? So I think the fact you can literally pick up a ball, we could pick up a ball now and go out the back and Chris's. It's house still and fun, isn't it? Yeah. Up, yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? You can always just. It's what you make of it as well. Yeah. If you just, you can always have like down days and that or whatever, but it's what you make of it. If, if you enjoy playing football, just pick up a ball and then you know, yeah. pick it around with your mates. Because or... rugby's great, isn't it? 15 aside, but you need that organised element. It's chucking a rugby ball about. It gets a bit boring after a while, but you can have shots on each other with jumpers, old cliche jumpers for goalposts, can't you? And things like that. Kev, yeah. what, what do you think? Did it bring home to you how, I guess, global football is and how, how amazing it is and how respected you are worldwide to be a professional footballer to have got to that level. Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely. Like it's just the appreciation of the sport, as I said, to going back to their conditions, like, but it's, it's irrelevant to them because it's just the appreciation they have for the game just to literally play. Like that's all they want to do over there is just literally play football. Yeah. As Sean was saying, like we, we showed up like say training was starting at half eight, we showed up eight to prepare. They're there since half seven, an hour before, like, and the sweat was dripping off them just practicing the drills we'd shown them the day before. And me and him were literally just looking at each other going, wow, like this is just like it's just commitment, appreciation. Yeah. It's just, as you said, just global. Like it's just, it's incredible, like how it affects people. Like, yeah, you worry a bit in this generation, in this country, don't you? You said playing outdoors when you were younger, but obviously you're only 24 now, so you're a real, you're a real young guy. But um, the people worry now, parents, that they have to take them to organised football, and there's not so much of that street element to it, and people maybe playing on FIFA rather than getting outdoors. Do you, do you guys worry, Sean, a little bit about that sometimes, that maybe kids aren't playing the game physically as much as they were? Yeah, I went, uh, well, it's not often I go home for Christmas, but the last time I was home, I looked out the window and there was no one out on the road, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas you look back a few years people are out on bikes or might have got football or whatever whereas now sort of kids are playing on fifa or xbox whatever you want to call it so um 
I think maybe something does have to be done to sort of get kids playing out outdoor street football, as you said, just to build up that like toughness inside them. Cause yeah. Fo- yeah, good for your health as well, isn't it? Yeah, Being outdoors in the daylight. F- football isn't easy. It's not an easy industry. Like you're gonna get a lot of knockback, knockback. Sorry. So I think to have that toughness instilled in you from a young age is 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 gonna help you. Yeah, do you think? Do you agree with that, Kevin? Just the the health of you, if you don't make it as a footballer, I suppose is the is the benefit of they say being outdoors is is good for us and, and yeah, the cardiovascular stuff running around. Absolutely, like you look at as Sean was saying, like it's just like going back years. Like we were literally red. I remember, even on summer days, any days, football, you'd be out, and you'd literally where where we were played was literally around the corner from your house. So the next next thing I'd know, me dad shouting from the door saying dinner, like and <laughs> but that's that's how it yeah. was. That's that's what we were red on. And the generation these days is just obviously locked in a room with yeah. lucky to have a window open. It's a bit of fear around, isn't it, from parents, I think, it's, as well. They're worried about is, the kids it's, going it's out. It's like, even, like, my nieces and nephews, like, it's just a case of, like, hand them the iPad and stuff, like, and it's, it's not all the time. It might own, uh, hopefully it's only an hour a day, but you look at that, like, we didn't have that. It was just hand you a football to get out of the house and just yeah. stop annoying them, you know what I mean? But obviously we loved that, and it is, it's different times, and it's, it's sad to see, as Sean said, like, I go home even in the summer like to see my family and there's there's no kids where we used mm. to play and there'd be thirty, forty kids back back then when I was playing, like and there's, there's no one there now and it is it is different times like. Yeah, you wonder if the game might suffer the pyramid because there's so many leagues and stuff, particularly in England with, with football. Jen, do you think that as well that we, you know, we often almost look sympathetically towards Africa and oh how can we help them? But do you think there's things that we learn from their do you learn things from their culture and, and that being one of them that the great outdoors is, is still a good place to be, even if it is raining, because they're, they're dealing with searing heat at the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah, I mean, the, if you look in any village that you go through, there'll be um, children kicking around something. They might not have a ball, no. but they'll make a ball out of something. I've got their grandparents. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, you know, they will kick it. And if you ask, you know, we often take gifts over there for, for the schools and, and some of our children over there. Um, and the one thing they always ask for is a football. Yeah. You know, they just love playing football, and you know, and they will, they'll, they will get all their mates out. And a bit like you were saying, you know, when you were younger, you'd be out in the streets kicking a ball around. They do that. That yeah. is part of their life, um, and and it's great to see. And the more we can encourage that, the better. Because I think you're right. It's we're kind of losing it here. If they don't go to an organised football team, yeah, it's not you don't see so much. It's not of keeping it up with the Joneses that we pay for this group or that yeah. group, and actually that's only once a week for an hour, really. When actually it's those reps, that practice of five, four, five, six hours a day when you when you get that kind of benefit to it. Absolutely, and also I think you know for the children in the school, and that goes for this country as well as over there. You know, to get out of the classroom and go and have a run around <laughs> and kick around a ball, yeah, it's such a healthy thing to do. Yeah, you know, when you've been sat concentrating for ages. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the more we can encourage that, the better. Yeah, my daughter's just started school and they cancel break time. They stay in and watch TV if it's raining, which I thought was weird because we always used to get pushed out regardless yeah. of uh, of what the weather was doing, which was probably good for us in the long run. Now, Kev, what have you made of, uh, of switching allegiances then on the uh, the professional front from Cheltenham Town, which I hadn't been aware of because Forest Green have only come up a couple of years ago, but the, the ferocity of this uh, rivalry sometimes. You had Forest Green fans a year and a half ago getting arrested on the prom. It's really cool because it's an interesting thing in culture at the moment, isn't it? this tribal thing. You're either a Remainer or a Lever in Brexit. You're a kind of left wing, right wing, or you're you eat meat or you you eat kind of only vegan food which is topical with forest green but yeah. you, you get into these groups and that's probably the downside sometimes of football is, is that rivalry but what have you made of of that move how's it been yeah it's, it's been really good obviously um helped by the fact that 
we're doing so well. Obviously, Cheltenham as well is a brilliant start. It's it's only early in the season, but it's nice to see us both up there and, and hopefully be, staying competitive for the whole season. But on a personal point of view, yeah, I'm absolutely delighted. Obviously, the move went quite well. Obviously, he started straight in playing games and stuff. So yeah. it's, it's, it's gone well on that side of it as well. So, yeah, I'm delighted. Obviously, I'm still within touching distance uh, locally to... The likes of Sean and that and a couple <laughs> of the boys that, that I, I grew close with and that and obviously my missus is still walking in, in Cheltenham at the minute so um, yeah it's, it's, it was just, just perfect for me to be honest. Good stuff and uh, the teams at the moment doing very well as, as Kev says locked on I think 21 points after 11 games so goal difference Cheltenham Michael Duff the manager pointed out to me the other day most prolific team in the league currently so it's going well um, Sean but do you think do you have to keep things a little bit secret now sometimes is there anything that especially what first weekend in November isn't it the uh, yeah, yeah. the Glossico derby yeah. El Glossico nah, there's no secrets here we, <laughs> we get on well but I won't be asking him for his team and he won't be asking no. me for my team it's not like that but um, well, as you said we both started well but it's only a start the season is finished in May so yeah. hopefully we, as Kev said we can both stay competitive but um it's all gearing up nicely for the 2nd of November. If we keep uh, continue the run we, we're both on, I think um, uh, the 2nd of November is going to be a great game, yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping to get down to that, actually. Um, no side Goodwin and former players having a little event, maybe, so I'm hoping to get down and be at, be at the game, be fantastic. It's good, good atmosphere. You, so you say the young lads don't mind them getting excited, but when you see 50-year-old blokes getting dragged out for hurling abuse, then you get a little bit concerned for, for their sort of uh, mindset. But when you, when you think about it, Sean, because it's difficult, isn't it? Because you've got this fan ferocity which fuels sport, like it pays for my job because people pay for Sky Sports subscriptions. It pays for tickets to, to Cheltenham and, and all throughout the football pyramid. We've got so many teams. But you, so I guess as a player, it's difficult sometimes because you have to move around. Like you came over from Ireland as a teenager, didn't you? And it started red and I was looking at I think it's almost your sixth club isn't it already yeah. in, in that spell so you you have to be adaptable don't you it's just a case of I suppose you have to just be professional and 100% wherever you go and, and just understand that for the fans that is the only team that, that matters yeah as you said I came over young it wasn't easy at the start because obviously quite close to my family yeah to go into a new environment I was living in someone's house like a stranger I've never met them before but, were you um, I had to I grew up quite quickly I think I, I think I'm fairly mature for my age and that's so. all. But as you said, with the fans and that, like, oh, this is my sixth club, as you said, but whatever club you're at, like, you need to, um, you need to give it all to them, like, you know what I mean? So, you know, been yeah. enjoying it and hopefully just keep it going. How much are you enjoying Cheltenham Town? It feels like you get those spells. He's like, Kev's laughing. He's enjoying it. He's, uh, <laughs> he's keeping his, uh, he's keeping it kind of, uh, politically correct but it's uh but you're enjoying the, the momentum under michael duffy the field because it's a small budget isn't it but he seems to be uh getting the best out of you boys since the manager's come in it's been great uh you don't have to look at his record since he's come in whether it be our home record or goal scored or whatever it is but he's a uh, he's changed the whole environment around the club yeah which uh is obviously reflecting on the pitch now so hopefully if we just keep buying into what he's trying to do with us, it's it's gonna it's only gonna get better again. Yeah. But um no, I love playing under the manager at the minute and it's going it's going really well. Yeah, he's a realist as well. He said to me that he's going great now, but if I lose a few games I'll probably get sacked. So he sort of uh, he said that on the podcast. So I think he's very very open about that, Kev. But how do you deal with that? Because actually a woman we went to a, a fans Q and A. I sort of I had some questions with Michael and Luke Varney was there as well. We're talking about um, fans were sort of asking questions. They were saying, oh, you know, I don't feel like I get to know the players now. But then 
what comes out is they don't realise that necessarily you guys are on one or two year contracts. It's it's very fluid, isn't it? And the, the whole industry. Do you think that it's kind of too difficult, too unstable at the lower league sometimes? That'd be better off with with more certainty for the fans and the, and the players. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, it's it's a, the position the clubs are in. Obviously, even we brought our players for Barry, and obviously the situation that just happened there. Obviously, yeah. Obviously, they're gone now and stuff like. But so in a way, like he he was on a three year deal, but. It's, the clubs have got to be realistic and if they can only offer a one or two year deal and it guarantees the future of the club I think it's got to be done it's not ideal for us players but that's mm. that's the level we're at and we've we've got to accept it you know we're not on anywhere near we're not on a, a, a percentage of, of the, the players in the Premier League Championship even League 1 there's players on massive money but yeah. this is the level we're at and we've got to accept it and if that means a one year or two year deal you've just got to get on with it really you know yeah, would you do you think about what you do next? Would you boys, would you go back to Ireland? Do you think after you retire, what's your your yeah. plan? Yeah, I'm not really sure. I have this conversation with um, me, me misses a lot. Obviously, we're both Irish. We're both oh, from okay. the same area. Whereas, for example, my brother has been over here sixteen years. His his wife's English and stuff, so he's got two girls with them. So our situations could be different. But we've, at this minute, we're both really happy living here and stuff. We absolutely love it. Yeah. Um. So you just you just don't know, but you don't know what the future holds. You don't know don't know where you're gonna be or or what you need to do to pay the mortgage and stuff. So if that means going somewhere, you've just got to go and do it. I suppose. Yeah. You know? It's like it's like working in TV. Actually, you live you live for the rights. If BT gets all the rights, I'll be out of a job as well. So it's that it's that kind of thing um, uh, as well. And it's got you into football, hasn't it, Jen? This whole process. I understand you're a, you're a devout follower of of the Wadden Road crew, Cheltenham Town, the Robins. I am. I mean, it would be wrong of me not to be after all the help that they've given us. Yeah. And uh, and I'm really looking forward to this game in November because you know to <laughs> see these two guys have to play on the same pitch, but against you're gonna each root for other. Both. Well, no, I have to be for Cheltenham. I'm sorry, but yeah. you know that is that is what it, I'm a Cheltenham girl, born and bred. So, um, no, definitely Cheltenham. Um, but no, uh, you know, joking aside, Cheltenham Town have been massively supportive mm. of of what these guys did to come over. Um, but for getting us kit, um, what what both boys didn't say was that a lot of our players didn't even have boots. Um, like bare, barefoot, not bare feet, but in plastic shoes. Um, so and at the end of the week, I think there was a couple of the guys showed you the bottoms of their boots, and there was basically nothing there. Really, yeah. literally, basically barefoot. We gave out prizes at the end of the week. Obviously, we tried to bring over as many boots as we could and stuff, but obviously some sizes didn't fit. And we gave out some kits and stuff at the end of the week, and and we noticed one of the lads had been playing with literally no sole on his foot. Wow. For the whole week, like I mean, it hit me and Sean Harry, we couldn't believe it, like and stuff. Yeah. So, but tough, tough people, yeah. Yeah, tough. Just literally, and wouldn't say anything. Like, wouldn't say a word. You just, as you said, such appreciation to be allowed to train and uh, and enjoy that, and to not have like any footwear on was just like yeah. And I went as I just reiterating about the pitches, like yeah, but we couldn't do studs there, could you? Have to be yeah. no, no. Yeah. It was hard to do studs, but then again, you give them studs, they're sticking them on, like wow. yeah, they're training and not a bother. Like they're just so happy to have boots. Like it's. It was incredible, like. Yeah. Um, so, Sean, what has it been yeah, like for you and, and the whole process of living in England? Because you're both keen race guys, aren't you? That's how you got involved with, with Chris as well. Do you find, because it's weird, because it's a strange thing to say, because we're literally stone's throw from one of the best racing facilities in the world, I suppose, at, in Cheltenham. But do you find the English are, are less into racing than the Irish? What do you make of it? Because you get a lot of your countrymen over come race week, don't you, in March? Well, come Cheltenham race week, uh, the Irish are a lot more into the racing than the English, I think, because that's all you can hear walking around. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, now, since I've obviously I'm at Cheltenham, this is my second year, so played with Kev last year, and I also got put in touch with Chris and Fergal, yeah, who are 
great people. Been up the yard a few times, unbelievable. It's a beautiful um, experience in the oh, gallops, see those horses running up the hill, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's unbelievable. Even if you're not into a race and no. you go up the gallops, it's still a great experience, like just to, to watch them do what they do, like. And obviously they have their new yard, yard now, so. No, yeah, it's, it's been good living in Cheltenham. I like it, I think it's lovely around here. Obviously, I don't haven't bought a house here yet. I stay with the yeah. clubhouse still. But uh, well, the weather's quite similar to Dublin, isn't it? It's not too far away. Yeah. Well, it is at the minute anyway. We've been pouring <laughs> now in the last few days, but uh, no, it's lovely. Really enjoying the hair, yeah. Well, how do you find Kev? What got you into race? Have you been to racing throughout your childhood as well, growing up? Yeah, uh, no, not particularly at home and stuff like. Um, if I'm being honest, it was more the the gambling side of it and stuff like. <laughs> yeah. Just just to be honest, like you know what I mean. You you, you pick up little habits and stuff, but then. In my, in my oval days, I was quite close to like Wincanton and stuff like that. So yeah. I used to always just pop along and that. Like, and then obviously when I came here, as I said, Chris Chris got in contact with me and I went up the yard and I was just flabbergasted. I, I loved it, like you know what I mean. So been been going quite a bit. I mean, one of the syndicates there and stuff. So it's just it's an incredible experience. It's it's cheap, you know. People, what what horse people, are you involved in? Uh, Lisbon Verna. So oh. he's, he's he's um hasn't been out yet this season. Obviously, like like most of the, the good ones, they're not out yet. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. so now he won. Chris is just uh, nodding. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he I'm ran, not sure he believes you. He but. ran five times last year. Um, never. I think he's f- never finished out of the top three and won his last two. So nice. Um, yeah. He's like as I said, just to be that lucky to be part of something like. Many people like spend a lot of money and don't yeah. win a like to have. We, we had one at Sky that used to finish last every time yeah. and used to try and throw the jockey Plus off. That, that there. Man, was it? I think well, we had one called Silo Rocco, which oh, was Red yeah, Sky, yeah. like Spanish way of saying Red Sky. Yeah. It's just he was real. Met him, he's real temperamental horse. Just wouldn't say you know. That's just, the thing. Yeah. So I mean, just you, oh, I can't believe how good Fergal is as well. So obviously Chris, Chris has backed him for many years now and stuff. But yeah, I think he's. With this new yard, hopefully he can he can push on against it's it's hard to break into that top tier with with yeah. them big boys, but he'll give it a right bash, I think. Sean, how much respect do you have for the the jockeys in that game as well, making weight and then getting thrown all over the place or over the jumps? Yeah, we've we've went to a few uh, Kev obviously the meetings and I seen a jock. I I didn't I wasn't like massively into racing until I've come here obviously and, and yeah. met Kev and Chris and Fergland and I seen a jockey sprinting around the track. I didn't know what he was doing. Like, I said, what, what is he doing? He said he's trying to make way for the next race. Like, oh, yeah. And then when you see how quick the horses go over them jumps, like there, there'd be no chance you get me up on one of them. And yeah. So I'll have a lot of respect for them for what they do, yeah. I suppose like AP McCoy is probably one of the biggest Irish legends, isn't he, as well? Yeah, luckily, luckily enough to, to meet him. Um, obviously, um, I was at one of the race meetings a couple of years ago, uh, the November meet, I think, and... Chris brought us up and stuff. He's got quite a decent sized frame, isn't he? Yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he's solid, like, you know yeah. what I mean? But I literally, I stand there with Brian Graham, a lad who was with Cheltenham, and I looked over my shoulder and I sort of froze a bit and I said, <laughs> right. And he looked as well. And two of us were just like, like little skills. <laughs> well, he's a football kids, fan like, as well, isn't he? I know yeah, he's an yeah. Arsenal and fan, to be yeah. fair, Chris was like, come on, you two. So he brought us over, <laughs> like, and I introduced him and stuff. We got, we got a nice picture with him and that. But yeah, he was brilliant, like, and obviously he's quite involved with the Inter Jockeys Fun match that, that Chris has done the last couple of years and stuff so um, I've been involved in that I met him a couple of times and he's just he's brilliant like he, he seems like, like yeah, don't want to go to a tackle with a jockey do you because they're used to getting uh, broken bones to and be stuff fair, that, that game does be funny like I, I really enjoy watching it like I've been lucky enough I was actually manager the first year I think I got, got bombed out to assist the manager last year I won't oh, say really? why but yeah. Um, <laughs> no yeah it's the jockeys are legs like they're so friendly they're just, just like I suppose but the commitment they have is, is frightening. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's, it's incredible. Like, they do a lot of meets in a day as well, don't they? Get around quite often. Yeah, like, it's just like I, I was watching the Even TV the other day and 
Sam Twiston Davis just had a winner, like, and he's trying to sprint by Luke Harvey, and Luke Harvey managed to catch him. He's like, "Where are you going?" He said, oh, "I've got two hundred and fifty miles. I've got to get to a race by eight o'clock." Like, and it was like he made it to be fair, like you know. But it's just, it's just that commitment, like just that was just for one ride, like you know what I mean. And he was straight in his car after I went out to drive, and that's just one side of it. Like as you said, the waiting, yeah, the early mornings, because most of them are are on the gallops early mornings riding now as well, aren't they? So. That commitment's frightening, like. Yeah, they got to keep off the the food, haven't they? On nutrition, we got to, we got to ask you about Forest Green and the the vegan the vegan setup. He rolls his eyes now. Everyone yeah. takes it, but it's um it's it's a big publicity thing for the club, hasn't it? I think it's kind of drawn a lot of attention with Dale Vince, the owner, and being a vegan aficionado and not wanting to to harm animals. What's that like? Because that that's the diet in the club, isn't it? But it's not. Yeah. It's not no. man. Not man. No one's checking your fridge for bacon when yeah, you get home. Yeah. No, it's massive. <laughs> Obviously, that's that's his way of doing it. He wants to do it, and fair play to him. You know what I mean? Um, daily we go in mornings and, and obviously our lunch everything's vegan and stuff the boys just crack on with it they're used to it and then as you said you go home you're welcome to have whatever you want and stuff you know so um, no it is what it is um, the boys just, just become used to it and you just, you just get on with it like obviously all the new boys come in it's a little culture shock at the start like even myself at the beginning we done a, a pre-season trip and we were away for five nights and it was just pure vegan the whole way and wow. that would have been my first time obviously how did your body feel when you were running around did it change at all yeah, your energy levels fair, or? I was I was, I was alright obviously um, there was a few times I was on the, t- on the toilet pot to be honest <laughs> with you you know what I mean uh, yeah. early on but no like, obviously you, <laughs> you get used to it and stuff it was only the week and that and you've just got to be open minded I suppose if that's the way some people want to do it but yeah. um, well, I'm not the other way to be honest you know well, it's funny, yeah, because there's, there's so many camps now, isn't it? There's like you're vegetarian or you're vegan or you're carnivore, you only eat meat and all this kind of stuff. Sean, do you have it as a professional footballer? Do you have any, any kind of nutritional sort of specific, specific things you do? Uh, not really, no. no. Uh, I just do what works for me, bit as I was saying to you. Yeah, a bit of everything. I, like, I tried to be a vegetarian one week and lasted for a few weeks, but yeah. then I, I like me chicken and that's so all. I went back and started eating chicken again. I think it's all right if you, if vegans, do, it's getting the right proteins, isn't yeah. it? You're supposed to, you have to try and get if you're not, if you're not eating meat and not eating fish. Yeah, it's obviously, it's, it's important to get a bit of everything into your body. Like, obviously what we do, we, we need a lot of mm. proteins and carbo- carbohydrates and that's so, all. Um, I wouldn't say I have any like rituals or specific things I eat like. Because you're wing back these days, here, so yeah, yeah. yeah so. <laughs> you need energy. Yeah, I might. <laughs> I need a bit more pasta or something to get up and down the line. But uh, yeah, no, I don't have any anything that I, I swear by. To be honest, no. Nah. And what what do you? Because you mentioned it's interesting. You came over as a teenager to Reading. Just wondering, like, what lessons we get out of sport as a, as a footballer moving around. I know you've been all over the country: Cambridge United, Lincoln, as as well. Luton for a period, was that yeah. right? Yeah. So you've been you've been around. That change. How has that toughened you up as a person? Has it learnt you to deal to deal with change? The ability to to adapt to new situations. I think so. Yeah. Some of them clubs you mentioned as well, like they weren't. I didn't have the best time at them. Whether it be I wasn't playing, whether I got injured, so I did have to like cope with them things on my own basically I don't have any family over here yeah. obviously you, you meet friends like at different clubs that you stay in touch with mm. but um, the majority of the time you have to deal with it on your own yeah well you, you can always ring your family like they're only a phone call away like and I speak to them every day but um, I think them experience did help me to sort of to grow up and to, to deal with things so if they do happen again I know I know what to do when, yeah. when they come upon me like yeah, it's interesting. It's good to meet people. I suppose it, Kev, must be you've just done, gone through that process. The thing we always think about is the first day at school. If you move schools and stuff like that, it must be quite daunting to to move to a to new club. Is it something that sort of, I guess, strengthens you as a as human being? Yeah, it is. It's, it's a bit nerve wracking. You know, it's like any walk of life. You, you begin a new job. There's there's 
20, 30 new faces, you're trying yeah. to learn names and yeah, you, you've got the nerves about you, then you've got to go and do your job as well. But it's, it is what it is. Soon enough, you're at the first away game, you're doing your initiation song and, and then that's done. And <laughs> what, you, what is your initiation song? I, can't, I don't even know what. I think I sang a bit of Westlife or something. Just to, to <laughs> when I was at uni, it was Wonderwall. Most people did Wonderwall. Yeah, like, you, yeah. you get a lot of Wonderwalls and that, but you know what I mean? You try and mix it up with a bit of Westlife. But, um, no, listen, as you said, it, it, is, it is a nerve-wracking... Uh, at the start but then you see them get to know the boys and and then the banter starts flowing and, and away yeah. you go you know you're on, on to another season before you know we're 11 games in now it just just flies along you know yeah it's a lot dynamic though sean isn't it because you mentioned being injured and there's people trying to get your position as well so you you've got to come into a club be friends with people but also you're you're competing with them which sort of happens in work but not quite as as clear-cut as in sport i guess yeah you're, you're always looking over your shoulder there's always someone wants a position whether that be a young lad coming through or uh they might be scouting elsewhere for players like but I think the manager has a good saying here if like one person wins we all win so yeah if the team is if you're at a team in a relegation battle and you're not playing you're highly unlikely to get another club where if you're at a team at the top of the league and yeah. you're not playing you know what I mean so you look a better player even exactly, if you're playing yeah. the same way yeah exactly so I think if we're all going in the right the same direction think it's only going to help us as a team and then as an individual as well yeah it's a big thing you're saying about Michael actually obviously left the club um in the summer and went and went to Forest Green but you said that he does treat people pretty equally which is is, is that what you just all you can ask for as a as a player yeah definitely. or an employee anywhere I yeah, suppose, yeah anywhere as you said you know like once once you're putting it all in and training it doesn't matter about relationships personalities if, if, if it's the right thing for the club I think um and you feel you should be playing and, and you're playing that that's the main thing isn't it you know um that was the situation last year. Obviously, we 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 done quite well with Cheltenham at the time. We we were struggling a bit early January, and then we we went in a great run and, and we were flying at home, which they've continued this year and stuff. So um, no, it was one of them. Like you, you get the momentum going, and and that's what happened last year. So it was good. So what's going to happen fifty fifty on November the second if there's a ball drops and he comes off the right hand side into midfield? Are you gonna <laughs> gonna go full hearted? Any second thoughts there? Uh, I'm sure it, it, it'll be good crack. Like you know, yeah. we're, we're about looking forward to it. There's a few games in between then, as you said, we've both started well, but it's so early in the season, it's hard yeah. to sort of get excited yet. But um, Swindon are right behind as well, aren't they? Another local yeah, team. Swindon, yeah, you've got extra. you've got extra, you yeah. know. Even looking down the leagues, you, oh, you've got Bristol City doing well. You've got Yeovil flying as well. So, big it's, the area. Yeah, it's, it's 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 brilliant, you know. So, um, but it will it will be interesting. I'm not gonna lie. Obviously, <laughs> it, it, it'll, it'll be really really interesting. We 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 talk to each other in the tunnel because that's what people because some people get upset. The fans get upset, don't they? If friends know each other and they say hello to each other and stuff I think like that. There'll be more laughing than there will. Now listen. Can you speak Gaelic to each other? Get away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, not 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 very good, but you <laughs> yeah. might know how to say hello or something like that. Yeah, but, yeah. Could secretly communicate. Yeah, yeah. They wouldn't know what you're up to. Well, be to good, be fair, yeah. there's a few few cannons at Cheltenham as well. You've got Reggie. Obviously, you've met. Yeah. Done done a bit with Luke, Luke, well. Luke Varney, yeah, Reggie. Yeah, he's he's a cannon. Like you know, he's he's, <laughs> he's he's just a big kid. Like so, like as serious as the match is, like he he will be laughing. Like no matter what, you know, he's just one of them. Is that the manager? Is that the manager calling now? Is it? I don't know. <laughs> the uh, phone coming through. Jen, wanted to um, bring bring you in before we go as well, because uh, just to let us know about the Sierra Leone project. Is it something people can find out about online? Yeah, absolutely. So the charity is called Cambia District Foundation. So we've got a Facebook page. Um, we've got a, a website, um, and yeah, you can find out more about it. But basically, we're trying to improve the um, health and education of the community over there. Yeah, um, which is what these guys got involved with. 
um, with the sports side of it. And do they know? Do they know what the, the robins are? Do they know? Don't have robins there, presumably. In no, they, so no. The the team is very much Tottenham Town. That's yeah. what they're known as. Um, and they, they they have a whole. No, they don't have any robins. So, but but they have a whole um, fan base there, and the fans' motto is um, victory through harmony. Brilliant. Which I think is lovely. Yeah, yeah, that's well, nice, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of like competing for a place in the football team, isn't yeah. it? I suppose be yeah. harmonious, but try and get it. So, um, what? So, what you guys, when you when you kind of uh, think about life in the Cotswolds, how do you how do you reflect on on Cheltenham, Sean? Get a few people over race week, do you? I have a lot of people text me, yeah. So, I, you know who your real mates are because like <laughs> loads of people pop up around Cheltenham race week asking, "Can I stay here? Can you get tickets here?" But um, no, listen, I, I love Cheltenham. As I said, it's really nice area. Um, obviously helps when your team is doing well as well. So yeah, uh, just hopefully keep it going, yeah. Brilliant, and get that code because the gates are up a bit, aren't they, this year as well? I think. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, if you're doing well, you're going to attract more people, whether it be home or away. So, um, if we keep continue the way we're going, hopefully, we get more people in the community to come and to come and watch us. Yeah. And that relationship with Forest Green can kind of fuel it in the area, can't it? It's not known as a as a football heavy place in a, in a football mad country, but it's kind of a, an area where there's competition from rugby and and racing and all sorts. Yeah, I think obviously. The, the games they played against each other in the conference a few years ago just just uh, upped it a bit massively and then obviously both of them getting promoted and stuff but yeah it just seems to get to have gotten bigger and bigger and it's it's obviously only going to get bigger if we both keep this run of form going and, and sort of we are competing at that end of the table come come the end of the season which obviously is a long way away but it's only going to be better for the community isn't it you know yeah, I don't know when's when the return match I don't know I think it's Matt February, yeah. Oh, so it's a bit early, so it's, yeah. yeah. I think so, yeah. Because if that was April, it could have been yeah. really interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that could have been very <laughs> interesting, yeah. But it is early days, but yeah, as you said, just hopefully we can both keep this going and then, as you said, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be good for all parts of the community. Yeah, definitely, get the uh, get your tennis up. It's been a pleasure, Sean. Sean Long, appreciate it. Kevin Dawson and you. Jen, thank you. Thank you. And thank you, Chris Coley, as well, in the corner. She's <laughs> nodding off, I think, but it's, it's really been an interesting podcast. Hopefully you, uh, you appreciate it, guys, and, and like listening to it. Do review it on iTunes and uh, appreciate you spreading the word as well. Thank you.